Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Oh, man, feels like too many episodes begin somewhere uh, with the pandemic. And for the many, many music lovers in the crowd, the... uh, four of us included. Uh, the pandemic was a bummer. If you enjoyed concerts, so many things were canceled, rescheduled, postponed, and then postponed again. And uh, not to be too Goldblum about it, but life uh, found a way. You know, people and artists have slowly returned to juke joints, local venues, stadiums, amphitheaters. Uh, in an earlier segment, we discussed what happens when these gatherings go wrong. And today's episode dives into one of the most recent crowd disasters. It's a festival called Astro World. Uh, here are the facts. Uh, first, we had um, 
like a brief uh, clarification or disclaimer, right? I think we mentioned this in, was it Strange News or was it Listener Mail? Uh, it was Listener Mail, actually, because a listener wrote in specifically referring to a video where Travis Scott essentially sicked a crowd on a uh, a attendant who pulled his shoe off during a crowd surfing situation. And I think the listener thought, like many folks, that that video was from World. In fact, it was from a different concert, uh, one of... Quite a few where Travis Scott behaved somewhat, if not completely negligently, uh, toward the safety of the crowd. Mm-hmm. And when we initially recorded our segment on this incident, the most recent incident, we worked with all the credible available information at the time, including official statements by uh, Houston PD, by the Houston police. And they had claims both law enforcement and folks on social media, uh, that people were being non-consensually injected with some unknown substance. Or at least that one officer was struck with something and required Narcan, Narcan to be revived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, we, you know, uh, we were able to go in and record a, a quick update there because law enforcement changed their original story as investigations continued. This was a critical example of just how quickly noise and rumors can overtake the facts, especially when a tragedy occurs. But hold the phone, folks. For many of our fellow conspiracy realists, uh, the first question might be, what is Astroworld? Who on earth is this Travis Scott guy? I kept getting him mixed up with Travis Barker. <laughs> yeah, no, not quite the same. Um, Travis Scott is a massively successful rapper. Um, he, I guess you could kind of categorize him under the sort of trap kind of vibes. He's got that, like, every song is auto-tuned, kind of like what some people might refer to as mumble rap, I guess. Not really my cup of tea, but he is absurdly popular. Um, he had a record called Astroworld, and that's what the tour was called as well, and then it spun off into a festival and kind of cultural phenomenon. I think there was even like a like a Travis Scott uh, extra value meal at McDonald's for a time. He's uh, a bit yeah. of a household name. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, If you know mainstream rap, you've heard of him. He's the guy behind hit songs like Sicko Mode and The Scots. Uh, he's a prodigious, controversial musician. We're talking three full studio albums, three mixtapes, four EPs, two collab albums, um, right around 40 or 39 singles. And like you said, his music might not be for everyone, but there is no denying this guy is massively successful. It's not his success is not limited to hip hop. He's only 30 years old and he's already the head of a pretty massive financial empire. He's partnered with PlayStation. He partnered with McDonald's to the point about the McDonald's meal. He was actually the first person to get one of those themed meals since Michael Jordan's Mick Jordan burger back in 1992, which um, I did not, I was not personally aware of, but I understand it's a big deal. Having I had forgotten burger, about that entirely. Cool. I do remember when that was a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, of course, he created a record label, as you would do, and uh, he most infamously now created an annual festival called Astroworld. It's a huge deal. It's named after his third album, Astroworld. It's held in Houston, Texas, near the old location of a Six Flags. Six Flags is a chain of amusement parks in the U.S. They're pretty popular. There's one here in Atlanta. Um, didn't one of you guys go a while back? To Six yeah. Flags? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I've, got, I've, got, I've got a season pass. I've got membership. Me and the kid go pretty regularly. We haven't been in a minute, but we definitely uh, are planning to go back soon. Yes, and this Astro World celebration occurred November 2018. Uh, that's when it first was launched because uh, coinciding with that third album. Then uh, it was canceled last year because of the thing we mentioned at the top of this episode, the pandemic. A.K.A. Um, the Panini. I heard someone call it a Panini, and I thought that was, you know, I'm down for that cute. kind of gallows humor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it came back this year, this November. It was held on November 5th, or at least that's when this uh, – whole thing took place that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, and you can imagine that people not being able to go last year and being pent up quite a bit over the course of 2020 and much of 2021, people were very, very excited to go to this. And you can also imagine that a lot of uh, fans you know, were able to pay the money for a concert like this, but there were also some others who maybe didn't have money who also showed up and uh, ended up finding their way to the concert through one by one means or another. And in a weird connection to Atlanta again here, the Houston Astros had just lost the World Series right before Astro World 2021 went on. Ooh, that's a good point, um, Matt. Could have created some tension in the air. Yeah, they needed a win. Um, and, you know, look, we're from Atlanta. We understand how disappointing sports events can be, even if, <laughs> even, even if you don't personally uh, find yourself, you know, a fan of like football or basketball or what have you. Uh, if you live in this town, you can feel the collective energy anytime any team gets close to doing something cool because uh, the stereotype is that they will inevitably at the 11th hour, mess it up. Uh, so this time, broke the pattern, good for Atlanta, sad for Houston. Uh, people wanted that catharsis. Psychology plays a very important role in today's episode. So tickets for this went on sale in May, and in the first hour, they were sold out completely. 100,000 people were going to be there until the local authorities got involved, and they said, okay, all right, this is not our first rodeo. Only 70,000 people can go. And then as the event got closer, they came back and they're like, we've been thinking about it and only 50,000 people can go because this thing historically will be nuts. Um, they were planning for some crazy eventualities. Uh, the mayor pointed out that, or the mayor claimed, I should say, uh, Sylvester Turner, that the city had spent more on security for this festival than they had on the security for the entirety of the World Series. 528 officers there, 367 for night shift, 161 additionally held over. Live Nation chipped in with almost uh, with like 750 something security officers. They were planning for things like death, traumatic injury, civil unrest, uh, riots, bad weather, active shooter situations. But with all this planning, they did not have a contingency for what would happen Next, and you, and you have to ask at this point, like, what? Why all the hubbub, bub? Like, what made Astro World such a potential problem for the city of Houston? Like, why? Why were they so keyed into this? You know, concerts happen all the time, right? Yeah, I was I was reading something pretty interesting in a previous interview with Travis Scott, where he said he wants his concerts to feel like a wrestling match. Like you're going to, you know, some WWE event where it's just exciting. There's tension in the air. There's like, 
uh, I, I don't know the best way to put it besides like it's electric, right? So when you're there, you feel that energy and, you know, I'm, I can only assume that he means that for the experience of the individual, you just get so hyped, right? Uh, it doesn't mean necessarily that he wants anyone to get hurt or for anyone to hurt anyone else. It's just, uh, if you've ever been to a sporting event like that, it, you can understand what he means. Yeah, but I mean, like I said at the top, I mean, he he does have a reputation and there are plenty of examples of this and we'll get into specifics in a bit and even some litigation for <clears throat> amping up the crowd, potentially in a way that to outsiders could be seen as somewhat tone deaf uh, in terms of the overall safety of uh, the folks there. Um, a little self-serving, you know, almost like, hey, this is all for me, you know, like get crazy to make me feel good <laughs> as opposed to maybe being concerned about people's individual uh, safety. In this case, I'm just mentioning that to say that I think maybe the city of Houston was aware because they have done this previously that there would be that level of excitement within the attendees. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, honestly, think about this. How, why on earth would somebody at a big concert uh, stop the crowd? And like the last thing a crowd wants to hear is, okay, everybody, let's tone it down. Um, please consider just quietly clapping. Yeah. Or even let's take a break. Or even let's take a break. Let's take a breather, get some granola, some orange slices. That stuff doesn't often happen unless something goes terribly, terribly wrong. At the same time, um, I think it's called Now This, or it's it's one of those um, internet kind of meme type short news piece websites um, posted a piece um, of uh, showing footage of, of several quite large artists uh, noticing themselves that things were going wrong in the crowd, that maybe someone had fallen out or maybe someone had gotten hurt. And it was Harry Styles was one. Billie Eilish was another. Harry Styles, the crowd was massive, and he stopped the concert in very charming Harry Styles-ish fashion, um, asked everyone to take a few steps back. He said very cautiously, take a few steps back, make way, and, oh, is this, okay, let's take care of each other, guys. You know, like, make sure this, this person needs some water. Uh, Billie Eilish actually gave her own water to the crowd to pass to the individual that had uh, passed out. So I'm just saying it's not beyond the realm of, of um, reason that artists – you know, should be keying into this kind of thing. Now, 50,000 people is not the same as a big club concert of like maybe 5,000 people. Uh, to Matt's point in previous conversation, it's not always easy to key in on what's going on. But in this case, there were definitely some telltale signs. Right, right. And these are professional musicians. Every example that you've named, Scott included, uh, his career had some precedents. Uh, he did have a rap sheet. Uh, he had inarguably succeeded to stratospheric heights that um, most most folks in the world of music uh, will realistically never attain. Uh, but his controversies propelled his career as well. He was arrested in uh, the wake of Lollapalooza in 2015 because uh, he had encouraged the crowd, like, ignore security, let's rage, bum rush the stage. And that could be exciting for people in the audience. And then at this, the same year, uh, that's uh, in Switzerland at the open air festival. That's where the uh, shoe attack occurred. And he was spitting on the guy. He was uh, telling the crowd to f him up. Uh, and then in 2017, he was arrested. Uh, and 
for, for similar stuff at a concert in Arkansas. And he was sued also in 2017 by a fan who was paralyzed after falling from a balcony and being dragged on stage at a concert in Manhattan. Uh, during this concert also, he was calling for more people to jump off the balcony and uh, saying that the crowd would catch them, which is a lot to promise someone. It sure is. And the venue you're talking about in Manhattan, uh, I've never been, but I have certainly know the types of groups that play there. Um, it's maybe 10,000, something along those lines. Uh, but it would be the kind of concert for where an artist of that stature would sell out instantly. Um, and the place would just be absolutely packed to capacity. So, you know, I mean, it's up to the venue to, to make sure things are safe for the amount of people that are allowable, you know, by law for a concert like that. But that also is a situation that could lead to this kind of chaos if someone is not being responsible. And I know I sound like I'm hanging the rap all on Travis, and that's not the case. We're going to get into that too, but I do have a bit of a bone to pick knowing the alternative and the way other artists have handled these types of situations. For sure. Yeah, I think that's, and I think that's a collective uh, bone to pick there because, again, these are, these kind of things don't happen because of one person, right? Uh, Travis Scott has a team, Professional musicians have a team and the venues have a team and production companies have a team. There's it's it's not one guy showing up to Houston. It's important to remember that uh, on November 5th, just a few weeks ago, Houston's concerns would be proven correct. Like you were saying, Matt, on the very first night of the festival, November 5th, disaster struck. The aftermath of this chaos would find eight people dead that very night, two others dying of injuries shortly thereafter. More than 300 people were injured. We don't know exactly how many, and at least 25 of those were hospitalized. That sounds like an ending, but that's really where the story begins today, because you see some people are convinced this was more than a tragic accident, more than some situation spinning out of control. It was, they claim, part of a larger, deeper, far more sinister plan. What are we talking about? I'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Here's where it gets crazy. Okay, TikTok. Conspiracies. Uh, we have to note that mass casualties are, like everything else these days, presented to the public in real time. And that's due to the ubiquitous nature of social media. Right now, you can find thousands of videos depicting the insanity that unfolded during the crowd crush on November 5th. And, you know, in some cases, they're um, mislabeled, they're footage from other concerts. Uh, but there's a lot of footage of what actually went down at Astroworld this year, and there's no denying things went very, very, very wrong. And if you are um, the kind of person who reads the comments on these social media posts, whether you're on Instagram or YouTube or TikTok, you'll start noticing some strange commentary. And because of the way these things are laid out, you can see when the comments are posted and how popular or unpopular they are. Uh, there was an example we found in The Guardian that was indicative of the larger conspiracy theory at play. People are saying this isn't a festival, it's a sacrifice. The music industry is demonic and collects souls. Paul, can we get a record scratch? There it is. Yeah. Wait, so uh, wh what are people really saying? This guy, Travis Scott, a mainstream musician, is secretly a devil-worshipping high priest working for infernal forces? Well, yeah, that's it. That's exactly the claim. And that's, um, <clears throat> that's a claim that I think people are making in, in good faith. I don't think people are purposefully trying to pull the wool over each other's eyes. I don't think they're purposely trying to, you know, troll folks or make light of the death of 10 people but it sounds pretty out there right when we just say it as a sentence yeah uh i it does i would have to say i think i understand where people are coming from and we're gonna get into some of the imagery and other things that are fueling these theories online but 
just the cold hard facts of the timeline of what went down and a couple facts about who actually had control of that concert, who could actually shut it down, might lead you to start to believe this a little bit too, even if it is that outlandish. And it doesn't mean uh, it doesn't mean I believe that Travis Scott or the people putting on that concert were devil worshippers and trying to sacrifice people. But it does mean that there's something that went so very wrong. There was a choice essentially not to stop that concert by a couple of very key people there. Right. Who are identified by their position, right? Not by their actual names. Correct. Correct. Who represent the much larger corporations involved. And, you know, we don't have to get into the full timeline, but you can go to abc.com and you can read the timeline from 9.02 p.m. when Travis Scott takes the stage that night until 10.12 p.m. when he... Uh, exits the stage. And the reason why we know exactly what the that timeline is, is because Apple Music was live streaming this event. So you can actually get the timestamps of exactly what was happening from a live stream that occurred the entire time he was on stage. And it coincides with, you know, when that Texas A&M student gets on the the camera person's like stand area, stage area, and attempts to get them to stop the first time that Travis Scott stopped the concert early on because somebody was passed out in the front and he actually stopped the concert to get that person help uh, all the way down to, you know, nine around 930 when it was declared 938, I think, is when it was declared an emergency situation, a mass casualty event. Um, so, like, you can really look at all that stuff and you can realize that there were two people who were who had the authority Let's let's put it in quotes there to stop the concert. And it was the executive producer and the festival director that was it was not Travis Scott. It was the people who were actually controlling the event. Yeah. Important point. And again, not I not identified by name, uh, mm. I believe, at the case. So uh, this if you've listened to earlier episodes we've done on things like the satanic panic, you know that mass hysteria can compel people to believe any number of things. And when this belief occurs and when and belief is contagious, of course, uh, it's mimetic. Uh, people can fall prey to what's called group polarization, which we talked about earlier. It's when you hang out with people and you you and your confederates agree on something. And the more you hang out, the more more you agree and the more extreme your beliefs tend to become. So folks began spinning increasingly elaborate stories or accusations uh, that can and do have real-world consequences. Astroworld appears to be an example of this. The concept of a mass sacrifice exploded across social media. It became so prevalent that folks started making compilation videos of the juiciest claims. Uh, one is one of the most popular clips you'll find, and you can f it, this is everywhere. People have been sharing this everywhere. It's from someone who says they were at Astroworld when things went wrong, and they believe that Scott was doing some what they call demonic stuff and continuing his performance as a ritual while people screamed for help and um, in, in several cases passed away. The caption from the poster reads, quote, I've been so heavily influenced by Travis, but after tonight, God really showed me stay away from that. Shit. He sacrificed so many people's lives tonight. It was a living hell. Millions of people have watched this and other clips with similar claims. This happened within hours. And then it got um, it got much deeper. Like it, it, we were seeing 
collectively a, a crowdsourced conspiracy theory growing in real time much faster than old school conspiracy theories or actual conspiracies would would grow and evolve. Like it goes into numerology. Like you said, the symbols on what the flyer, right? Um, that was that's a big thing. There's a video about that. Claims about that uh, statue that you know, Noel. I, I think we all talked about this previously too. The really weird looking statue at the entrance to the festival. Uh, someone's like, yeah, this looks like a Hieronymus Bosch painting. Um, therefore, it's like a gaping mouth, sort of like a yeah. bisected, uh, stylized, you know, facsimile of Travis Scott's head, uh, silver and quite large. And it does look like the uh, one of the pieces from that. What's the name of the painting, Ben? Uh, it is Christ in Limbo. And it is essentially a depiction of a hell type situation uh, where there is a giant gaping mouth that looks like a, like a gateway you would walk in and out of. And that's very, very similar to what this Travis Scott piece looks like. Well, the stage also featured those looks like mountains. Almost. You can imagine that being a hellscape and people have noted that the cylindrical portal from which Travis and the other performers enter into the like forward facing stage area is like a portal to another dimension or perhaps hell. Mm, yeah. And then like a numerology example would be the uh, false claim that Travis Scott and Drake, who appeared uh, in an unannounced performance, uh, were born 66 months and six days apart. And then you'll see other stuff that claims, you know, various uh, interpretations or speculation about the use of the number 666. It looks like if you regard the digital landscape, people seemed suddenly convinced that A, demons are real, B, Travis Scott is either himself a demon or is possessed or controlled by them, and C, these infernal powers compelled him to attempt a ritualistic mass sacrifice for the purpose of gathering human souls. That's, put bluntly, a pretty extraordinary claim, and it needs extraordinary evidence. It's similar, it's, it's very similar to accusations that have been leveled at Countless musicians who were controversial in their day. Metallica, the Rolling Stones, Beyonce, Black Sabbath, Jay-Z. Uh, like, I, I feel like they, this is something that happens on a cyclical basis. There's right now no solid evidence that these accusations against Scott as far as the occult goes, are true, but there's something bigger at play here. There are weird things going on behind the curtain, and it should disturb you. This is the stuff they don't want you to know. And here's the thing. If you pull out with your camera from the artists themselves, the ones who would actually take a stage like Travis did, and look, like look at the larger music industry as a whole, you can kind of see how there is so much money to be made within the music industry and not so much anymore, but there's still a lot of money to be made. Just, it's just not the same kind. Um, but it's, it kind of goes back to our previous conversation about all of the onus, not being on Travis Scott himself, the performer, and then tying that to the ideas of devil worship. What if it's not just the performers? What if it's the industry itself, the people that control the money of it, right? The, the string pullers, of the industry. And it made me think about Chuck D's open letter that he wrote about this situation. And you can go to Instagram, look up Chuck D, of course, of public enemy, uh, and many other pursuits. You can find this open letter. You can also find it on complex and a couple other places, but he is just calling out the 
like Live Nation in particular and Apple and a couple others. I don't know if he specifically calls out Apple, but um, he just mentions that it was not on Travis Scott to do the things that were necessary to protect people who were there at that concert. It was security corners that were cut or something that was changed so that Apple's cameras could be there to live stream the event, which then cut off certain parts of the venue and exits so that the flow of people was changed at that concert venue. And so if you're imagining that, you know, if, if you believe that this was some kind of satanic ritual or sacrifice or whatever had demonic forces involved in some way, it wouldn't necessarily be the performer on stage, the icon that's up there. It may be the people who put the icon on stage or created the stage for the icon to perform it. Right. A kind of power behind the throne um, mm -hmm. or power behind the microphone here. And right now, to be clear, there's not any solid evidence that the occult accusations oh, yeah. are true. Of course. Of right. course. No, no. Uh, sorry. I don't mean to talk <laughs> about it like that as in it's true. I just mean from someone who would believe this. Yeah. kind of thing, or perhaps does right now listening to this, you can see that there are these things that just feel weird. Even if you think that's all hogwash, there's still something very wrong going on here. Um, and it just doesn't need to be completely aimed at the artist. Yeah, just from the safety aspect of having so many people in one place uh, and people who came to party. Uh, this There is something bigger at play. If not necessarily demonic forces, there are, as you said, Matt, some very strange things going on behind the curtain, and that should disturb you folks. This is genuine stuff they don't want you to know. So let's do a thought experiment. Imagine something like this disaster happened in the 1950s. How would we find out about it? Well, if we didn't live in Houston, if we didn't have family in the area, we'd hear about it through newspapers, the radio, maybe television. Uh, you would hear it by word of mouth if you had friends or relatives who were connected to the event. But this happened in the age of endless media. The Internet itself, when you think about it, is a continually rushing digital crowd. Everybody is rushing the stage of online existence. In your mind, all minds exist in a world where everyone has a microphone, everyone has a platform, everyone, should they so choose, can scream. And these screams can race around the world and they are incentivized. We've talked about it in the past. There is a neurochemical high for receiving attention, whether we're talking about likes, follows, comments, shares, etc. It is genuinely addictive. And this is not a ding. This is an understandable thing. It can begin to feel as if once enough people like what you say, the fact that so many people like it means it somehow must be correct. And that gets dangerous pretty quickly. Yeah, without sounding too callous, I think it's time we take a look at this theory from a structural angle. Um, it's not entirely original, but or particularly creative, but it has all of the hallmarks of uh, Ben. You you connected it to a remix, you know, kind of a lazy remix, perhaps, um, or a Mad Lib. You remember the old pen and paper games? Not the uh, not the rapper um, who's incredible and whose work I need to check out more of. I've now realized uh, talking to some folks. Um, the, here, here's the here's the theory, or here's the the idea that there are shadowy forces in control, that they are thirsty for blood and sacrifice uh, and pain, um, and that for one reason or another they have to carry out their murderous plans through some 
collection of rituals or elaborate plots and ploys where any number of small things could uh, and should go wrong and derail those plans completely. And yet somehow they, they don't. Um, these all powerful cabals could, one would think, easily just murder innocent people every single day. But instead, they have to kind of um, cover up their uh, their murderous intent through more run-of-the-mill, banal kind of events uh, to, you know, shield themselves from culpability. Or to fulfill a ritual of some sort. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, that's that's something, um, I cannot remember which episode this was. That's something where we hit upon... Um, one of the one of the weirdest images, which is imagine this shadowy cabal is real, and it's like that meme of that one guy who suggests a reasonable idea and they gets thrown out the window of an office building. If you guys remember that one, so like there's a like let's think in terms of that meme. There's a boardroom somewhere for the Illuminati or some occult cartel, and they say, okay, we're gonna murder all these people uh what's what's the best way to do it and they get all these rituals and these plans and then someone says well we are all powerful we could just you know blow some stuff up and then the uh leader whomever that is turns around they're like no no let's make it weird let's make it weird and really complicated uh that's like when you think of it that way it seems like it would be it seems counterintuitive that they would do this Astral world bears all the structure of a new kind of conspiracy, conspiracy in the age of information. I was trying to figure out a clever um, portmanteau or something for this, and it was like infospiracies, but I think that I think that one stinks. I think we can do better. Open to suggestions, but uh, we can workshop it. Here's, here's what happens. Someone posts a claim. Something extraordinary or terrible happens. Someone posts a claim, and often it'll be speculative. It'll be phrased as a question. Does this look weird to anybody else, etc.? Or maybe it'll be a comment that's a little just further off the map than mainstream conversation. It gets traction. It gets attention. The dopamine cycle kicks in. We've all experienced it. We have social media. Uh, people want that high. They want to be part of the conversation. They may build on these earlier claims, you know, and all of a sudden it's not just that there was an unnamed person seen at the shortly before the scene of some tragedy. It's that there were two. It's that there was something else weird that happened with an ambulance on the way to blah, blah, blah. And these claims find support from like-minded people. Group polarization begins to occur and they become uh, on the same page about increasingly bizarre or even easily disprovable ideas. This happened in COVID conspiracies. This happened most recently and most famously with QAnon. The only real difference I would say between Astral World and COVID and QAnon is that in the case of COVID and QAnon, we know there are state-supported propagandists who are spreading the gossip. Like that's the that's the conspiracy there. Um, it's also crucial to note that people are these folks we're talking about are certainly not malevolent. You know, nobody woke up and said, I can't wait to make something up for more attention. What was happening is they were being rewarded on a social and chemical level for the behavior. It feels good. It feels right. Isn't that close enough to being true? And I think another thing here is that it feels so wrong. The, the whole situation, right? You, I think individually want to, have something to fully blame. 
a a face of the tragedy. And while it could be the performer on stage and to a large part, that's what it has become or it becomes the venue itself and how it looks sinister or, you know, the industry itself, because it is profiting off of this event. No, you know, no matter how many people were injured or died, they still made those ticket sales. So it's just it's interesting that it then turns into one of the most iconic evil things that exists on the planet. The the devil or demons or, you know, the underworld in some way or another. Yeah, well said. Uh, people need tragedy to have a face. Causes need to have a face. Things have to be relatable in individual humanistic terms. Uh, and this, we're talking about conformity, really. We're talking about um, psychological aspects. We're looking at the horizon, in a very real way, we're looking at the future of conspiracy theories. We're going to pause for a moment for a word from our sponsors, and we will return to dive into some of the troubling science here. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up... So does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, have you guys ever heard of the Ash Conformity Experiment? Or have you ever seen the Star Trek episode that I'm pretty sure was based on this? Where it's like, there are four lights or whatever. Do you remember that one? I'm actually just now getting in the next generation and absolutely loving it, but I haven't made it to that one yet. But no, I wasn't familiar with this uh, study until digging in for this episode, Ben. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a weird one, and it's um, one that I, I've thought a lot about um, and still have a hard time believing. So way back in 1951, there's this guy with a really cool name. His name's Solomon Ash. He gathered 50 students uh, to participate in what they were told was a vision test. Fine. You know what I mean? Uh, they had to look at two pictures. One of them is just like a vertical line. Nothing remarkable, nothing to write home about. The second picture has a collection of three lines. They're all of varying lengths. One of those lines is the same length as the one on the first picture. And all you have to do for this vision test, if you're the unwary victim of this experiment, is you have to state out loud in front of a group which line on the second picture matches the line on the first picture. The answer is cartoonishly obvious uh, because, you know, you can see them. And if you pull up, if you pull up those like slides they use, there's a good article on um, simple psychology about this. You're not going to be fooled. Uh, you're going to instantly know which line matches. But here's how they rigged the game. <laughs> they, uh, not everybody was coming into this blind. As a matter of fact, only a few people were. The rest of the people who were taking this group vision test had already been told in advance that they would unanimously agree that one of the, like, one line that was too short or too long was the matching line. So what does a person do when they're confronted with that kind of incorrect social consensus? Over the course of 12 different trials, two-thirds of people said, oh, okay, I'll go with the group opinion. Mm -hmm. Two-thirds, even though it's incorrect, in the simplest terms. I still, like, I would want to be in the room for that. You know, I wonder what, like, I think of all our friends, our family, I wonder what they would do. Can we apply that number to other populations? Do, like, will two-thirds of the people you know just go along with something because it's group opinion and it's rewarding to be part of a group? Well, it's not necessarily that it's rewarding to be a part of the group. It's dangerous or it could be bad if you diverge from the group, right? I think that was some of the main conclusions, specifically because they placed, like if you imagine it's a line of six people, right? They placed the control person, the only one who wasn't in on the game, right towards the end. So they would answer like last or second to last. So you have this, you know, four people before you say the wrong answer, say the wrong answer, say the wrong answer, say the wrong answer. And it gets to you. If you say the right answer, you're the weird one. And, and that it's that social pressure 
of, like you said, conformity, but it's also, at least I think from the conclusions that they didn't want to be ridiculed or made to be the weird one amongst this group of people they were going to be with. And, and we should also point out, the folks who are in on the game are saying the wrong answer in a really confident way. Like, yeah. <laughs> they may be, maybe like thoughtful, like I'm treating this seriously, but definitely signaling that they have come to the correct conclusion. And it's kind of silly that this is even a question. So how does this apply to Astroworld? Well, uh, conformity comes into play, like QAnon and COVID theories. Uh, there, there's another important distinction here. The group is a little bit different. The group of people who are being told to decide the length of the line here, um, they're, they're busting that demographic stereotype of old school conspiracy theory. You know, these aren't folks locked away in a basement in their mid-60s obsessed with minute details surrounding JFK's death. These are, for the most part, pretty young folks. We're talking about the astral world conspiracy theory. Uh, the folks that corporate America calls digital natives. The folks who are renowned for having expertise and familiarity with all things online. So it would seem maybe, from that perspective, that these would also be the people most capable of applying critical thinking and parsing the fact and fiction, or at least figuring out what was probably not true. So after all, folks from Generation Z who were born you know, after 1996, typically, um, they share a pretty common mistrust in traditional institutions and power structure, which is, you know, a pretty smart move. Um, so good, good, good on them. Uh, good on you, Gen Z. Um, and no, that did not happen. They were first against the wall when the conspiracies started flying. Um, and that same mistrust of things like mainstream media drove these users to dig in themselves and learn about the world entirely from social media, which can be a beautiful thing, but it also can be a terrible thing because we know how polarizing it can be, even for people that are smart. And we know how things that are presented as fact often have an agenda or are just outright falsehoods. Um, and so while this is not what you would consider traditional media, it is something that very much deserves the same level of rigor and uh, inherent mistrust as those old forms of media. And I think, you know, Zoomers are kind of just now maybe starting to realize that or act accordingly. Um, but it hasn't fully caught up yet. Yeah. I mean, it, like this, to that excellent point from earlier, participating in these collective stories can feel rewarding, but... You're absolutely right, Matt. There's a flip side. It can punish people for standing against the narrative. And it's very frightening, understandably so, for a lot of folks to be that single voice of dissent. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of um, confidence. And it doesn't always work out. It can make you the enemy. It can make you the op. It can make you the outcast or the next target, right? Nobody wants to be the person who doesn't get it. Uh, so <laughs> we know that there are going to be more details emerging about what went wrong and how. I uh, can't recommend that timeline enough. We also know that these were real deaths. These people are gone. Did Travis Scott purposely court controversy? I mean, yes, of course. It is like one of the... One of the number one things you can do for a career in music, be remarkable, be extraordinary, be the thing people talk about. Did he purposely plan for people to die? That is so incredibly unlikely, though at this point it's it's possible to imagine or it's reasonable to imagine that he and the venue and his management anticipated 
some injuries, you know? Well, there, there's just a certain amount of callousness that I think goes along with that level of like attention seeking where you're, you know, you could convince yourself, Oh, it'll be fine. This is punk rock, you know, or like, like, like maybe sure. They know what they're getting into when they're getting into that mosh pit. They might get banged up a little bit, but they'll make it home. Everything will be fine. Of course, nobody expects anyone to die. Um, but when you get into that situation where you are just feeding what is already a crowd that's worked up into a frenzy, um, and then you pair that with some circumstances that were not optimal, and that, as we know, were less than optimal because of other kind of attention-seeking reasons, like streaming on Apple and all of that, um, it, it just became a perfect storm. Uh, and then, you know, so what this what this shows us is the takeaway I think here ultimately is that something has to change. There has to be more accountability. You know. Um, especially given where we are with even like concerts coming back, you know, this is a privilege to be able to go and see your favorite artists. Um, and you know, it's like people are requiring vaccine cards and, or proof of negative COVID tests and things like that. And I fully support that. Even if you're not on the vaccine train, at the very least, no one wants to create a mass super spreader event. So I think we should have our eyes open by this paired with, you know, the inherent pitfalls of returning to life where we're all hanging out in big crowds. And, you know, I can't speak for you guys, but I have a, I have a pretty strong suspicion that I'm not the only one who tries to avoid crowds and instantly when forced into a crowd clocks, all possible points of egress and ingress. Like how do we first question in a crowd is like, okay, if this does what crowds sometimes do, how do I get out? Um, and, you know, these are enormous operations, but there does have to be more safety. You can't put people in a box canyon situation. One way out is not good enough. Uh, and did Travis Scott orchestrate some ritual to appease supernatural forces that have not once been clearly proven to exist? Almost certainly not, or at least... Um, to be careful about how we say that, there's been no evidence showing that to be genuinely the case. But the case of Astral World does show us something that we know is real and that we know is dangerous. And it's this. Conspiracy theories are evolving. Not just in a meta way. Hashtag no Facebook. Conspiracy, the evolution of conspiracy theories is evolving. The way in which they come to be. And there are going to be more like this. Bigger claims. Bigger real-world consequences, bigger dopamine surges on the way. And for some of the folks who know what's coming down the line, this can present enormous, um, unclean, unethical opportunities. Like, this could be weaponized. You know what I mean? You can, you know, you can rig the game of social media to have posts popping up more often in the algorithms, right? So if someone had the right access and the right influence, then they could reach and affect a lot of minds. I just don't know where it's going to go. Where does it end? Well, it's an interesting point you made earlier, Ben, about controversy being one of the best things you can do as a musician for your career. I wonder how that plays for other people, other things, like a viral post because of some controversy. Is that necessarily the most negative thing that could happen? Or is that you know, when a conspiracy forms around something now in real time, I wonder what that does from a PR perspective for an event or an individual or, you know, I don't know, a book, maybe something like that. It feels like 
it could be something beneficial for from a money perspective because of clicks and interest. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's a cold world. Those are conversations that people have, even if they don't have them in public. Uh, tragedy, I, I think one of the other important points we brought up here is the tragedy needs a face. People need someone to, um, to blame, someone to heap opprobrium and consequences on. But with this, yes, the one thing we can conclusively say is right now, we looked at the evidence. We did not collectively find, like, hard, credible stuff that um, this musician is deep in the world of the occult. Uh, we found arguments that are based on interpretation, right? We found arguments that are based on um, perception of symbols and some other stuff, but we didn't, as of yet, find anything indicating infernal motivations. I mean, it's also like those kinds of symbols are appropriated all the time because they're cool. <laughs> they're inherently neat looking and vibey. You know, it's like I've maybe mentioned it before. Like my daughter likes to wear like Slipknot T-shirts and she has like a pentagram uh, uh, necklace. Is she a devil worshiper? Absolutely not. But she gets, you know, messed with a lot of times by bullies at school who accuse her of, of such things. And I mean, I think we know that a lot of like death metal bands or black metal bands that use this kind of imagery, they don't necessarily go home and light a candle and sacrifice a goat to the dark lord it's just like it's all the it's theater you know I mean, and, and what is travis scott if not a, a theatrical performer you know i think people reading into that kind of stuff and pairing it with a tragedy like this is is kind of silly you know it, it, it's it's missing the point <laughs> this is an issue of uh, of safety and perhaps um irresponsibility, you know, from the perspective of being an artist uh, who is, should be in some ways, at the very least, in the corner of his fans, of their fans, uh, and not doing things to actively put them in danger. I don't think it requires any kind of nefarious dark intent, you know? Yeah, and the people who have been speculating about this stuff, posting this stuff, obviously they are not trying to be disrespectful to the memory of the victims. Uh, they're not trying to hurt other people. Uh, this is just a, an example of how uh, quickly beliefs can evolve. Unless, of course, that is, you have evidence that has not made it to the public yet, and you would like to share it with us. We want to know what you think. Uh, we want to know what this conversation leads to in the future. So give us your thoughts. We try to be easy to find online. Oh, yes, and we are. You can find us on the social media channels of the day, Facebook, Twitter, um, and YouTube. Particularly pay attention to that YouTube channel. We put out new videos associated with every one of our fresh episodes every week uh, where you can find us at the handle Conspiracy Stuff on Instagram or Conspiracy Stuff Show. Want to give us a call? You can do that, too. That's right. Our number is 1-833-STD-WYTK. When you call in, give yourself a cool nickname. You have three minutes. Use them however you'd like. Let us know if we can use your message on air. And if you've got more to say or links to share with us, instead, why not send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com.
Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 